Welcome to Episode 6 of the Mission Innovate Podcast from the Baptist Convention of Iowa. My name is Ben Bradley, BCI Communications and Outreach Director. In this episode of the Mission Innovate Podcast, instead of having Chris Eller as the co-host, BCI Executive Director Tim Labinus and I will be interviewing Chris about his new position and how that will affect his role at BCI. Since 2018, Chris Eller has been serving in BCI in his role as Associate Director by overseeing BCI administration, leading events, and bringing together many pastors and church leaders in our BCI events and meetings. In this interview, Chris shares about the new job he will be taking, but don't worry, he'll still be a part of BCI. Let's go to the interview to hear more. Uh, today, we'd like to hear about Chris Eller's new role. Uh, we have good news and uh, kind of challenging news for the Baptist Convention of Iowa in that Chris Eller has agreed to take on a new position. He's not leaving the Baptist Convention of Iowa, but his position will change. Chris, why don't you talk about how that came about and uh, what you're going to be doing? Yeah, so let's get the position out front. It's a, I'm going to be the new executive director for Ruth Harbor Ministries, which is located here in Des Moines. And the current executive director, uh, Mark McDougall, will be retiring at the end of this year. And so this is a process that the board had started actually uh, probably quite a while ago. And um, as a member of the board, they had asked me to be uh, to lead this, the search team. And so in putting together the logistics and the timeline and everything during our first meeting, the board president said to me, well, Chris, I think you're the guy. And that kind of threw a major curve into my whole perspective because that was not on my radar at all. And so through a period of um, discernment that uh, I asked for, you know, at, at that point, I reached out to you, Tim, just because you're a good friend and mentor, and I wanted you in on this um, process. And I think we just began to see that this this would be, um, prob- this was the God, this is what the step that God had in front of me, and I needed to take it. And so, um, yeah, that's, it, it happened very quickly. Basically, the first part of February, all of this began to transpire, and by the end of February, it was um, approved by the Ruth Harbor Board, and so we're moving towards a June 1st start date with them. Tell us a little bit more about Ruth Harbor. It's um, it's a, a Christian ministry, and it's, it's tell, I'm, I'm particularly interested in the kind of the pro-life aspect of that ministry. Sure. So Ruth Harbor's been in existence for over 20 years. Um, it was founded by three women uh, back in the 90s, late 90s. And uh, their desire in forming Ruth Harbor was to basically um, answer that question that often comes up in the pro-life discussion. It's like pro-life advocates can often be accused of being more concerned about the baby, but then once the baby is born, they don't care. They they really, it's all about not getting an abortion. And so this is, this is that next step. It's like, if we're going to advocate for a pro-life position, we also have to recognize that a lot of young women are in a really difficult spot in their life. Um, they don't have many times the support network of a family. They don't have oftentimes the involvement of the father. Um, they have economic hardships that go along with a lot of this. And so 
Ruth Harbor steps into that gap. It provides housing. It provides um, all the treatment and medical attention that they would need. They, it provides um, life coaching to help uh, these young women, um, first of all, be anchored in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So it is a Christian ministry, and the gospel is very much a part of the culture of Ruth Harbor. But then secondly, the, it, Ruth Harbor becomes an advocate for these women and helping them um, change the trajectory of their life so that it, it, you know, a lot of times when you find uh, these situations, you see that it's generational. You know, the daughter is simply repeating the process that her mom went through. And this is an opportunity to tra- change that trajectory and to put young women on a new path. And there are countless stories now after 20 years of women who have been residents at Ruth Harbor and have gone on to um, become mom married and have a family. And um, they, you know, they've been able to completely change um, the trajectory from where they were coming from. And I think that's the beautiful ministry of, of Ruth Harbor. So what was it about this um, particular opportunity that really stood out to you? I mean, there's something about that that really grabbed you. You said you felt like God was really opening this as an opportunity. What was it about this opportunity? You know, as I've looked at um, the career changes I've made over my ministry career. So I I actually started uh, working for Grace Church in Des Moines when I was 25 years old and was with them for 20 years and then uh, moved to First Family Church in Ankeny and was with them for um, almost 10 years before joining the BCI. And, you know, at each one of those points, um, God really um, kind of opened the door for that move. It wasn't really something that I had um, been looking at or perceiving that this was, it, it was like God opened a door that I didn't think was there. And um, in the case of, um, you know, first family, it was a call to me saying, hey, would you be interested? Um, Tim and I had been talking over a period of years when we, um, when the opportunity with the BCI opened up and, but it was something that really, I didn't expect at that particular point. I kind of was just, hey, if there's something in the future, I would be interested. And um, with this, it was out of the blue. And I, I really began to um, see that, you know, when God opened a door like that, it wasn't something that I had initiated in my heart and really committed, like, I really want this. It was something that came out of the blue, and, and God just made it clear, this is your next step. What are some of the parts of the ministry that are most uh, interesting to you or challenging to you? You know, I I mean, so I'll be uh, upfront with just like I was with the board. I know nothing about running a housing ministry, which this is what this is. Um, But the, the overall organization of the, of a nonprofit leading, working within the church community within central Iowa, those are all things that are definitely in my wheelhouse. And the fact that um, Mark, the executive director, who has been there for 20 years, will be in a mentoring role and um, will be able to bridge that gap for me really made it uh, attractive. So moving forward then, and you know, you, you know a lot of pastors of BCI and other churches, especially in central Iowa, how could we can stay connected with you and support that ministry? 
Well, I think um, obviously Ruth Harbor um, depends upon contributions from a lot of individuals. First of all, a lot of um, the primary source of funding is through individuals, but many churches also partner with Ruth Harbor, and that's that's a tremendous blessing. And not only in funding, but in providing volunteer help and um, teams that come in and, and work with various aspects. And so I think the way that we have reshaped how the Iowa Ministry Fund works, which puts the church in the leadership position of, of connecting with nonprofits and ministries within their community, whether it's here in central Iowa or anywhere in the state, gives churches the opportunity to um, provide funding to a, a a ministry like Ruth Harbor, and then the BCI actually matches that funding up to five thousand dollars. So it's a it's a win win. It allows the church to be a hero in that situation and build the community connections, while at the same time increasing the amount of funding that's coming from Iowa churches through the Iowa Ministry Fund to nonprofits and ministries. What are some of the volunteer needs that you see likely needing in the next few months? You know there. Uh, so Ruth Harbor has two homes. One of them is in Des Moines. That's the home that they've had for quite a while. It's on 42nd in Ingersoll. Um, and then a, a few years ago, um, the McCoy Septuplets, many of you who were around Iowa for the last 20 years or so remember the McCoy Septuplets. It was a national news story, and uh, they built a home for that size of family in Carlisle. And obviously, when the septuplets all left, imagine what that would be like to have all seven of your kids leave at the same, you know, empty nesters. Uh, Mom and dad did not need that kind of home. And so through partnerships with uh, various uh, churches and individuals in Des Moines, Ruth Harbor was able to purchase that home. So they have two homes. And, um, you know, with those two homes, there's constant care and upkeep. And so anything that volunteer teams can come in to do from um, sometimes it's just minor yard cleanup, things like that. Other times it's, you know, more maintenance um, oriented. There's always opportunities to work in that. And then of course there's opportunities to uh, just help spread the word about Ruth Harbor. That's, that's one of the biggest challenges you know, a lot of times the young women who need this kind of help are not going to connect with it through a normal channel. So many of our partners come from referrals that are able to direct young women to Ruth Harbor, and they're able to get the help that they need. I imagine you have a coaching training system of some kind to help the that they're not staff positions, but they're trained volunteers. How, how does that work? Right. So there, there are uh, actual life coaches that are employed and they work directly. And this, this is where I'm not a hundred percent sure how all of the, because you're working with medical information and personal private. So I'm, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure how some of that all interweaves, but I will learn. And boy, as I begin to develop those, um, that, knowledge, I will certainly be looking to provide more information for that. So we're really happy to stay integrated with you and assist in this ministry, but we're also happy that you're not entirely 
leaving the Baptist Convention of Iowa. I know when we first started talking about this, it would, in my mind, be a big shock uh, for the Baptist Convention of Iowa to completely lose the kind of connection and service that you've provided. And so you and I have kind of worked out a uh, agreement where you can stay involved with uh, some of our pastors to support and encourage them and also help with some of our back office work as kind of an office manager. And that's really uh, a win for us. And I was wondering if you wanted to take a few minutes to talk about your perspective on all that. Yeah, you know, any person in ministry who understands this, but it's it's much more than just a job. It, it is a calling it's something that I have, a, you know, a great love and compassion and um, just admiration for the pastors of of our churches in Iowa, and that's that goes way beyond a job. It's some it's something that I, the relationships that you develop and the opportunity to interact with churches is something that I would do whether it's a part of my job or not. It's it's being involved in kingdom work here in Iowa. And I think that is so valuable. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to, um, even as informally as getting together with guys and just being an encouragement to them, that will still be an opportunity. But then, you know, where my wheelhouse really begins to um, come forth is in a lot of the business and administrative type things. And a lot of times that's stuff that um, is difficult to find people who understand all the nuances of a particular organization. And it's something I really enjoy and feel called to. So I'm, I'm glad that in making this move, it was really important to me that this be a win-win situation and not something that would in any way harm or hinder what the BCI is doing. Um, and so this is how we do it. And I want to thank you, Tim, for being open-minded in, in how we pursue that. And it's been a blessing just to work through that process. Yeah, I think we've settled well and we'll still kind of figure things out as time moves forward, especially on the official start date of June 1st. But I think we have a good arrangement that uh, we can get a lot of the good that you offer and the particular strengths that you have and kind of backfill with the rest of our staff in order to not, lower our service level to any of our pastors or churches. And so we're trying to figure all that out and, and we're all going to have to work just a bit harder. But I, I uh, think that we can provide a, a high level of service for our churches, even in, in this role. And it's a huge help to us that the disruption that would have been caused by you not being able to do some of the roles that we're not going to uh, experienced and that you can continue on. So that's a, a real win for us. Yeah. Chris, we're definitely going to feel your, your absence and not being able to, to give, uh, as much of your time and energy. Uh, but you've built a lot of really significant relationships with our pastors and other leaders in our BCI churches. What would you want to say to them just as you're transitioning to this new role there, they might be seeing a little bit less of you. What would you want to say to our pastors that are out there? Well, first of all, I, I just stated again, I love you guys. And, um, you are the heroes of the Baptist Convention of Iowa. You are the you are the guys on the front line, and you know we are given the privilege of supporting our pastors and our churches, and and helping them provide um, some connections and access to things that maybe wouldn't normally um, be there. But I think at the same time, you know, our our goal is really to um, listen to pastors and churches 
and and join them in how they are seeking to reach their community with the gospel. We are not the heroes. We are we are the hero makers. And I think that's been a key thing that a value that has really stuck with me. And I just I, I want to reiterate that again that. Uh, you, you know, you guys on the front lines that are preaching every Sunday and, and pastoring and ministering to your congregations and working hard to to uh, reach your communities with the gospel. Uh, you guys are the heroes, and we are just so blessed to be able to come alongside and join you in that effort and to help in any way we can. Hopefully you can see that BCI exists to serve the pastors of BCI any way we can. We will miss having as much access to Chris as we've enjoyed, but we are still committed to coming alongside your ministry. Visit the BCI website to contact us and let us know how we can accelerate your ministry to make disciples in your church. Find more episodes of the Mission Innovate podcast at bciowa.org podcast.